Welcome to episode 125 of the Half Point Per Podcast. I am your host, Evan Riggs, joined as always by my co-host, Dalton Willie, who, by the time most of you are hearing this podcast tomorrow, if you're not tuning in live on YouTube, will have consumed five Little Caesars pizzas and bought who knows what on, on Call of Duty that get them. Well, we're not consuming five Little Caesars pizzas. You're just buying them? Just buying them. And doing what with them? Handing them out to the homeless. Who knows? <laughs> and producer Johnny Fam, who will not be handing out pizza to the homeless tomorrow. How are you, Johnny? I'm good. I do miss the uh, Little Caesars days of uh, being employed there and wish to uh, had the opportunity to give Dalton some pizzas, but that's uh, not going to happen anytime soon. I, I was going to yeah, friend of the show, Little Caesars, sponsored. <laughs> Well, I, I was going to say, Johnny, for your own good, you should probably not talk too much more about your employment at, at Little Caesars. Nope, just just uh, loved working there. It's a good uh, good experience. Johnny, if you did work at Little Caesars, mm-hmm. how many of the pizza QR codes for Double XP would you have downloaded yourself and then given the boxes to unsuspecting young children? <laughs> or Dalton. Mm-hmm. Or me, for the fact of the matter. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys, we've got a good show coming up today. Um, Everybody's league is different. I feel like starting this week and heading into the next couple, everybody's got trade deadlines coming up if you have one in your league. Um, So we are going to talk about some trade fours, maybe a couple trade aways, but Dalton and I each have five players we're going to talk about. And we always say it every year, you can set yourself up well, in the draft, and obviously waivers are crucial too. Um, but you can really make those league-winning moves either by striking gold on waivers or you make the right trade at the right time. And for a lot of people, this is kind of that last chance. But before we get into, into that, Dalton, we just have a couple of guys. We're going to just play a little keep trade cut with, with each one. Um, I think I lied to you before. I said I had a different answer for each one. I actually don't. Yeah, I don't have a cut. I I uh, I changed the rules of this game apparently and have a hold. Uh, I guess keep keep trade I, cut hold. I have keep sell and hold uh, for for these for these three guys, not in that order. But we have three kind of fringy guys that we're gonna we're gonna talk through a little bit here. Uh, let's start with Tank Dell, who you know CJ Stroud gets all the headlines, deservedly so, in the real football world for what he just did: four hundred and seventy yards. Five touchdowns. I believe he's thrown one interception uh, through his first nine starts. I think yeah. he's at at this point. Which, if it's not an NFL record, it's tied for that. It, it, it's somewhere uh, in that realm. But Tank Dell uh, had a massive week last week. Dalton, what are you doing with Tank Dell? Keeping trading, or I'm assuming not cutting, but keeping or trading off of his probably his best game as a pro. Yeah, he, he's not getting cut for sure. Uh, but I actually went with trade here because I think we're at a all time hype with Tank Dell, and it's a game where Nico Collins was a little quieter. Uh, and there's just a few things with the Texans' offense. I don't think CJ Stroud is bad, uh, but I do think there's going to be film that comes out on CJ Stroud, and things will slow down for him as the season continues to move along and teams it, move through their buys. It, it should, but you know, to have your ha- if he had this game in Week Two. I would, I, I would be not that I'm not open to what you're saying because I've kind of been saying the same thing. But if he had this game in week two, it has a lot 
less merit to me than having it in week nine for exactly what you're just talking about. Like there is some film out there at this point. Like we just saw that you and I talked about this uh, separately with the chiefs dolphins, like the chiefs uh, it turns out after the game, you know, their beat reporter kind of picks up on the fact that they knew where the dolphins were running their routes. They basically based on formation, motion, formation and motion knew what Tyreek Hill was doing almost every snap. Like, there is enough film out there to where that is at least somewhat of a factor now, and he is still overcoming it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. One thing I did pull is from Hayden Winks. The Texans have the most targets over the middle of any NFL team, Mm -hmm. and he's generated 68% of his fantasy points in targets on the middle of the field. I just expect teams to kind of tighten up there a little bit uh, and then just transitioning that down over to Tank Dell. I'm not saying this offense is going to you know break off, but I don't think – Bigger weeks are ahead for him, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and I think you could get some pretty good value out of Tank Dell right now for somebody you probably got off waivers wire unless you're one of those not in my leagues. <laughs> yeah, um, he's a hold for me. And I think it's just... Uh, yeah, sorry, he's a keep. I, I, this is the one that I broke the rule on. He's a, he's a keep for me. And really it just comes down to, like, I agree with you, this is probably an all-time high. I also think... Probably everybody in your league kind of knows that and is treating him as such. So, like, sure, if you can sell him at whatever this value is that week or or close to it, then then yeah, I'm for it. But I'm just not sure that's going to be the case in in a even a somewhat savvy home league. I mean, maybe you're in a home league where people are extremely reactionary, but like in leagues I'm in, I, I'm not able to turn around and and sell tank for a wide receiver one or like high end two or, you know, something like that. So to me, he's a keep because I like him. I love Stroud. And like you said, Nico Collins was a little bit quiet um, in this game. And this close injury today too, by the way. Yeah. Which was uh concerning, but like the, the thing about tank is, you know, he's very solid, but, I, before the season, and still just as a prospect, like a long-term prospect, had him and still have him below guys like Jaden Reed, like Josh Downs. He was kind of in that Tier 3 of receivers. There was the obvious Tier 1. There were a couple of those guys in Tier 2. And then, like, Tank Dell is kind of next up. So, I don't th- – th- this isn't like, you know, if, if Zay Flowers or if JSN or so- somebody had – a big blow up game like this. So I think we have to keep that in mind, but also I mean, we talk about air yards all the time, 222 air yards for tank Dell last week. And he, he turns that into six for 114 and two. He led the team in routes, which he's done in, I think all or most of his healthy games this season. So yeah, I, I think that's why he is a, a keep at this point for me, but a guy that is a sell and, if I had to guess, I think he's probably one for you too, but we'll see. Uh, Chuba Hubbard. Um, Chuba. Yeah, Chuba. He, for a little bit there, kind of looked like he was overtaking Miles Sanders in this backfield. I mean, for a little bit there, he he did, and you know, Sanders struggled with the injury. And just earlier in the year, like, you know, Chuba looked pretty good and arguably better than, than Sanders, but... I think, you know, if you just look at the box score of this game this last week, you see that that Chuba had more touches and you would kind of think it's still kind of par for the course these last couple of weeks. But it was 10-1 to 1 in favor of Chuba in the first half. 
and it was basically a 50-50 split in the second half of that game the other day. And more concerning than that was I actually thought Miles Sanders looked like the better player of the two. And I do still think, like, I obviously, for anyone who's listened to this podcast for any length of time knows, I have always been the Miles Sanders skeptic. But <laughs> I, 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 I still think he's better than Chuba. And I do think what happened in the second half and how both guys look to me is kind of a sign of we could at least see this work back more to a split. And I think you could probably sell Chuba for, for more than that role and that offense is worth right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I have Chuba as a sell. He has some fun underlying metrics. He's 23rd in the NFL force missed tackle rate. Uh, his rush yards over success are above league average. So he has a couple of fun stats there, but uh, I mean, all in all, thank you for the Carolina Panthers and the rest of that offensive line is like pr- probably bottom five in the NFL. Uh, it's terrible. Their offensive line is so bad. Their receivers outside of Adam Thielen are are very bad. Like, it's a, I, I, I know Bryce Young just played a terrible game, but he also just outplayed C.J. Stroud the week before. So I'm not ready to write the book on Bryce Young yet. He's just – and I've seen the smart people point this out, and it's just so true. He's just in such a terrible – situation like we thought at least the offensive line was going to help him out and it just has not and the same goes for both these running backs too yeah and i think you could sell him right now realistically chris godwin is wide receiver 43 yeah i think they're and with the landscape at running back a guy who's getting touches is just hyper valuable right now yeah uh you know i guess speaking of a guy who's getting touches (laughs) we could go to the last player on this list who i have as a keep that is Tyler Algier. I regrettably did not have the chance to watch Arthur Smith's five-minute monologue on why Bijan is not getting in zone touches. Uh, uh, that, that got tweeted out earlier today. But Tyler Algier, keep trade cut. You said you had him as a keep, Dalton. Yeah, I mean. I, I, I do too. I think most people feel like he's fool's gold because you would expect Bijan to be getting more touches. Especially. He, he, he's fool's gold just because Bijan is always lurking. And we know yes. Bijan is a way better player. Do but we you know, know who's lurking even deeper? Yes, is is it's Arthur Smith. It's Arthur Smith. <laughs> so we just have no idea of knowing which way this will go. But we know there are ways this could go to where it could be very bad for Tyler Algier, or it could be how it is now, which is like he's getting more touches, but he's pretty much 12 for 50, 11 for 35. Like he, he, he you just have to pray for a touchdown for, for him pretty much, which is yeah. like kind of the which Gus Edwards getting. thing, which is the Gus Edwards thing, except Gus is actually getting them and is like, you know, LeGarrette blounding his way into running back one territory right now. Yeah, we'll talk about him here in a bit. Let's not talk too much about oh, this. God. Uh, yeah, I pulled this from fantasy stats because I think it's a pretty telling uh, snap percentage. But inside the five, Tyler Algier has 66.7% of the team's snaps. He's all in that many plays. Bijan Robinson is on 27.8% of the plays. Do, do you know how many rushes Bijan has inside the five this year? It's one, isn't it? One. He has one carry inside and he has the one five. target, which was the week one touchdown. Yeah, and I, I bookmarked this list on Twitter that Jason Moore from the Footballers put out just, just for this occasion. Here are a few players that have more carries inside the five than B. John Robinson this year. Tank Bigsby, Joshua Kelly, Andrew Beck. I, I was going to Google him. I don't know who that is. I don't know. Beck. He's the fullback for the Texans. I was going to say, I don't know who Andrew Beck is. 
Uh, Craig Reynolds. Name. He's the one that had the kick return touchdown. Oh, my gosh. Craig Reynolds, Roshan Johnson, Damian Harris, Devon Achan, who has played like two games this year and had all long touchdowns, still has more inside the five, and James Cook. Like, well, like that 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 is – and I'm sure there are way more because he has one carry inside the five. We'll play another fun little uh, people in front of him. Among the <laughs> entire Falcons team, Bijan is seventh in snap rate behind tight end two, Jonu Smith, tight end three, Miko Pruitt, and wide receiver four, who joined the team at the trade deadline, Van Jefferson. I was going to say Van Jefferson. I all know. have a higher snap rate. So, yeah, that's the end all be all on this Tyler Algier slash Arthur Smith slash Bijan Spiel is Tyler Algier is getting more high value touches. He had 13 carries for 35 yards at one point last week. He's not very good, but Tyler or Arthur Smith is also not very good. Well, it's like, again, I I think this all just brings us back to, it has to be everything. Okay. Over there. You good. We're good now. Okay. Uh, Um, We did. We did lose a laptop. Oh God. Um, I think it all just boils down to it. It has to be keep for Algier because if things keep trending how they are, he is a running back who is getting touches, who on any given week can score a touchdown because he's getting the carries inside the five. But you can't go sell him for a ton of value because Bijan is there, because Bijan is lurking, and he is way better. And, you know, NFL coaches, like, Arthur Smith could just decide tomorrow this is Bijan's job, and then Algier is just dead. Rest of the- so, like, there's really nothing you can do with this guy outside of hold him, start him in uh, in a pinch, and hope for the best when you do. I-, I think that's just kind of the outlook right now. Pending injury to, to Bijan, uh, of course, or health to Bijan, I should say, of course. Yeah, and then, as we know, next week is Cordero Patterson week. Uh, <laughs> then it will go back to Tyler Algier week. I think uh, Cordero got hurt last game. I don't know if he's going to play. Uh, but it, we will have a, a Cordero week at some point before we move on to the actual uh meat of the show we do have a question in the chat from jw flex uh jacoby myers chuba hubbard or jahan dotson uh just gonna assume half point scoring uh for this and kind of go from there so chuba hubbard and the panthers uh they get the bears on thursday night football no team has given up more top 12 finishes just across the board you know tight end receiver running back quarterback than the Bears this season. I am starting Bryce Young on my Jalen Hurts bye week this week and, and praying for, for the grossest QB 11 week you've ever seen. Uh, out of Bryce Young, you have Jacoby Myers, who I am scrolling the schedule. Oh, yeah, the Raiders play in primetime again. They play the Jets. Uh, just tell Justin Herbert to under 150 yards. I love Jacoby Myers. That would be – I'm trying to get away from him in that matchup if I can probably, I think. And then yeah. – Jahan Dotson, let's see who the commander – the commanders play the Seahawks, so that's not terribly scary. I think for me this is a, a Dotson-Chuba question, and, you know, there's really like a, a no-size-fits-all flex conversation that we can have. I, I think if you're just trying to play the floor game and get yourself six to eight points, it's Chuba if you feel like you need – uh, some upside this week in your matchup, it, it is Jahan Dotson. Yeah, I would avoid starting Dotson if I had to. 
just because of the usage. I would start Chaba probably regardless uh, of this. Unfortunately, Bench Myers just in that matchup against a tough New York Jets defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, matchup dependent against your opponent and kind of the the good that well i guess chuba's thursday night never mind so you have to make a decision uh thursday tomorrow um yeah and i have a running theory that if your team gets points early it scores more points that's why you always <laughs> want a thursday night player just remember to put him in the rb1 spot not in the flex spot yes if you do start chuba make sure you put chuba in a running back spot not your flex spot so you have more flexibility going forward all right Dalton. flexibility let's get into it we're talking trades. We've each got five guys. Most of them on my list are trade fours. I do have, I think, one trade away. We also uh, brought, or at least I brought, just some potential deals or like frameworks of deals that I think could get it done um, for these players. I can start because my first guy, he's the thumbnail. So if you're watching on YouTube, you are not, uh, this is not a mystery. Uh, JW Jones with Hubbard. So. Um, I hope uh, I hope Dalton, you are correct in how you're feeling there. Um, no mystery who my first person is, and that is Jalen Waddle, who you know Mike McDaniel pretty much admitted the other day that he's just had a tough go. And if you've watched or paid attention to Dolphins games this year, you know that like he got his knee rolled up on um, at the very beginning of that Chiefs game. Played, you know, basically he came right back out for a reverse, like. I don't know, three real life minutes later and gained 20 yards and was also limping immediately after. So he has not been anywhere close to 100%. He's been dealing with different ailments all season. McDaniel pretty much said, like, that is one of our, if not our top priorities in this bye week is to get that dude 100% or as close to it as as he can be. And we've been talking about, like, the usage is there. The big week is coming. He, he's had some nice weeks. It's not like he's been, like, killing you if you've been playing him, but he just hasn't quite been the guy that you would hope, especially because this offense has had blow-up weeks. And, of course, he's hurt uh, just from a season-long scoring perspective by the fact that he did not play in the game that the team put up 70 points (laughs) against the Denver Broncos. Uh, But, like, he's still a great player. His per-route efficiency is still very good. I also think if – if Tua looks to him on that on that third and two where they convert the third down, I think they end up still scoring a touchdown on that drive because um, it was the Chris Jones penalty drive. But remember, Jalen Waddle was running completely untouched, wide open, and Tua just didn't look his way, convert the third down. But it could have been a 40-yard touchdown right there for Waddle. So I think like that is our margin for not being able to trade for him if that happens. And he's on his bye week, so that's always a good week to get guys cheaper. And, you know, he's got a tough playoff schedule. So it's, I, I think you could, and that is the fact that that is not going to change. So I think you can use kind of all those things to pay a pretty good price for Jalen Waddle right now and get a guy that I still think he can be a top 15 to 18 receiver from this point forward. Like he's in a good offense. I, I don't think these stark splits playing good and bad defenses are are going to continue. Now, obviously, are they going to be better against bad teams than good? Yeah, probably, because most teams, that's how they are, besides the Chiefs, where, like, it kind of Mahomes can can have bad games against bad defenses and great games against great defenses more frequently than other guys. But I like taking a swing on Waddle. And, like, I really think 
if you want to, you know, quote unquote, trade down, can you trade Cooper Cup and then get back a Chuba Hubbard, a Keaton Mitchell, uh, a Zach Moss with Jalen Waddell and get pretty similar production at receiver? I think you could probably do that. Yeah, I think so. I really like trading for Waddle. He was a guy I considered. Uh, he's he has a 15 yards per catch. Uh, he's averaging an insane average depth of target. He only has two touchdowns despite heavy red zone target usage. He's a guy that has everything there. That's it, it, he's going to have a blow up game. He had his blow up game last year. He had multiple blow up games his rookie year, mm-hmm. uh, and he's also probably the most valuable wide receiver two if the wide receiver one goes down um, mm. because with guys like Devontae Smith and even T. Higgins, uh, they don't have that explosive capability and ability to separate as well as Waddle does. And they also don't have uh, Mike McDaniel calling plays for them, which he gets his guys open and in motion mm-hmm. more than anybody else in the NFL. So I like it. He's sitting at wide receiver 23 and you can definitely sell some. I mean, could you even do Adam Thielen and like a mid-tier RB2? Uh, and see if you can't flip that, especially yeah. with any manager with Jalen Waddle is probably working through some losses because he was a high pick. He hasn't really performed up to expectations. I think that those are definitely uh, some trade targets I would look to be getting into. Yeah, for sure. Uh, before we get into your first guy, Dalton, let's real quick uh, look at Mr. Grapefruit in the chat here. Rank these waiver options. Keaton Mitchell, Kate Otten. Miles Sanders and Luke Musgrave. I'll take my shot here. I'm going Keaton Mitchell one, uh, Luke Musgrave two, Miles Sanders three, and Kate Otten four. I just like, I think Kate Otten is just kind of a jag. Musgrave, I like a lot. I'm terrified of the offense, um, but I'm going to go with him number two above Sanders because for a lot of the reasons I'm kind of down on Chuba and want to sell him, it's like I don't think the upside is that great for Miles Sanders either because they're both there. And the offense is pretty blah. I think Keaton Mitchell for me is is number one because he, he's kind of the devil we don't know in in this scenario. He looked it, it's kind of like the Jaleel McLaughlin thing where he is so explosive. You can just see him having fun, explosive plays down the stretch here and having like those nine touch games and, and being very productive. And at the end of the day, it's like I'm just shooting for upside with, with a waiver spot in that scenario. Yeah, I'd flip it a little bit. I'd go Keaton, Sanders, Musgrave, Auden. Uh, Musgrave low for the reasons you said. I think the Packers offense might be terrible. Uh, Miles Sanders, sometimes you just need a warm body at running back, and he does yeah. that. Keaton Mitchell, uh, nine of his carries came before the third quarter when that game became a full-blown blowout. It wasn't yeah. relief time where he was playing well. And I'm not going to make the same mistake I made with A-Chain where you're like, well, let's, let's wait another week. I would rather jump on the boat now and get it as quick as I can. The, the, the thing that makes it kind of hard to, to parse out with, with Mitchell is it definitely seems like Harbaugh is a big-time Justice Hill fan. He scored the least fantasy points of those three guys, but he played by far the most snaps. Of those three guys. But on the flip side, I think Justice Hill is the least useful player yes. of those three guys. Now, Even it, Edwards had a, had a gain of more than five yards. Yeah, but... Like he was a little explosive. No. It was a huge he, hole. It was a huge say, hole. He, he, he knocked through, the guy down. He ran through a huge hole and it looked really slow as he was slowly I running for... I will take Gus Bus later on this podcast until I get to Gus Bus. Um, But I... Uh, 
but, so, but that's what makes it tough because I think Keaton Mitchell is better than Justice Hill. But like, when is he going to be able to take over that role? Does he ever like? It's just, we we can't ever, pre- especially with the Ravens. We 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 have seen the Ravens flip these things on a dime multiple times with their backfield. So just know it's going to be a frustrating game to play. But it's just a shot in the dark with really any of these guys. I think he is. Uh, he is the he is the highest upside. Uh, full PPR start McLaurin or Rice at the flex. Uh, Rice is on a buy. Thank you, Jimbo Slice, for that. So uh, Terry McLaurin, also Terry McLaurin over JSN. Uh, maybe we'll we'll talk about this a, a little bit later. I don't know, but but JSN, uh, don't be fooled by his box score. It it was all garbage time. It was the opposite. Keaton Mitchell. He didn't get very involved target wise yeah. until later in that game. All right, Dalton, your first guy. Uh, my first guy is somebody I've been a fan of for a couple of years, and he's is in a prime spot. It is Hollywood Brown for the Arizona Cardinals. So since week two, he ranks ninth in air yards, 13th in target share, and 14th in expected fantasy points per game, but he's all the way down at 30th. I don't need to explain to you why he's only down at 30th. His quarterbacks have been Joshua Dobbs and Clayton Toon. Uh, <laughs> Poor Clayton Toon, man. Just throw him to the Wolves against Miles Garrett and the Browns. Just terrible first start. Just tough. Probably going to have PTSD the rest of his life. Never (laughs) start a game again. Um, But I am going out and buying Hollywood as quick as I can before Kyler Murray sets foot on the field. I'm sure whoever owns him knows that. But if you look at, like, the stats with Arizona, I would pay pretty highly for him, considering all things. Uh, right now, they're third worst in the NFL in off-target throw rate. Uh, last year, Kyler Murray ranked fourth out of 47 quarterbacks in on-target throw rate with 12.1%. And they have a better coaching staff in Arizona. They've gotten things done with Joshua Dobbs at quarterback, who, I mean, he's been, he was even fine in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But he's no Kyler Murray. So this offense is going to take a step in the right direction. They also are going to consistently be in games where they're playing from behind and throwing the ball and – Hollywood Brown is their best separator. He is an above-average wide receiver at the very least. I would be willing to give away uh, some pretty hefty assets for him, some of the the trade options I had. I had Jordan Addison plus, so I think you could trade Jordan Addison. I think you might be able to trade Addison. Now with – no, I'm saying I would get Jordan Addison and something. Okay, okay. I I think you could, like, just do that trade straight up. Yes. But, yeah. Um, because uh, with, with Justin Jefferson coming back, uh, that that value is going to get a little bit murky. Le- uh, it's going to be less less uh, desirable than with Kirk Cousins to have the yeah. number two in that offense. In a similar vein, uh, trying to offload wide receivers who are going to have spotty quarterback play, I'd be doing Puka Dukua for Hollywood Brown and something else. Mm-hmm. That's another good option. Uh, his production has slipped over the last couple of weeks, but the name value alone – uh, to be fair, to be fair, there there's nothing anybody could have done with uh, with the, with Brett Ripon. Yes, uh, uh, hopefully my, I, is better. I believe my Rams friend, uh, his exact words were, uh, "Brett Ripon can go to hell after that game." <laughs> <laughs> and the last guy I would at least put out there uh, in the same vein as Chuba Hubbard, Deontay Foreman, before Khalil Herbert returns from IR, is another player who's looked good yeah. in his play, and see if you can't do any of those. Uh, because I think once Kyler Murray's back, you're going to have some pretty consistent top 20 weekly performances out of Hollywood Brown. Agreed. And that that leads me nicely into my next guy here. Real quick, uh, I do want to say DJV says, yeah, I think he met Jordan Addison instead of Rasheed Rice. I'm still going Terry. 
over Jordan Addison in, in that scenario. Yeah, me too. Okay. Uh, my guy, who this was going to be my last one, but I'll just skip to him now, is I'm trading for James Conner. You know, he was a, he was a, a trade away when we talked uh, eerily like a week before he got hurt. And a lot of my reasoning was not because he wasn't playing well, because he was, and he was getting good numbers. It was because, like, we just know. We just know what's going to happen. And it did. Now he is hopefully back this week. And if he is, this offense gets Kyler Murray back. Now, will Kyler be a little rusty probably coming back? Sure. Will he be better than Josh Dobbs and Clayton Toon? Of course. Um, Do they play the Atlanta Falcons who just let Josh Dobbs uh, come in not knowing literally anything, including the cadence, and put up 31 points with the help of some turnovers, but still 31 points. Uh, yes, that that is in fact who uh, who the Cardinals are playing this week, and they have some pretty decent playoff matchups. And it's a little bit up and down, but I think it's like the Cowboys. I, I don't remember. He has a tough championship week matchup, but he plays the Bears, uh, James Conner, in the semifinals, and now Hollywood Brown too. So those guys can get you to the finals. You may just need somebody else to do the heavy lifting once you get there. But, like, nobody proved they were worthy of earning any kind of role with James Conner while he was out. The only reason why anybody would be getting touches with Conner back and healthy would be, number one, to preserve him, or which they showed no interest in earlier in the season. <laughs> and then number two, like if they're playing the long game and they want to just kind of see what they have, which like, again, I think if they wanted to do that, like why are you bringing Kyler Murray back week 10? So I, I don't know. We I can't know for sure how that's going to shake out. But like skill-wise, it should be Connor pretty clearly at the top of this offense. You mentioned Kalua Herbert. Connor and Herbert are the two running backs who rank top five in yards before contact and yards after contact per attempt this season. Like Connor, again, he was he was playing really, really well, like shockingly well before he got hurt. He's seventh in success rate, sixth in EPA per rush. And like I think you could trade a gosh, I don't know. I, I didn't actually write down one for him but like uh could i trade a deandre hopkins with will levis looking pretty good for james connor like i feel pretty good about like i think that's fairly even but just mm-hmm. trading a running back for a receiver uh it just seems like most teams would be better off doing that at this stage yeah I, I, again going back to the way the running back landscape has been this year james connor still the rb 48 somehow uh and there's a good shot he could still be on some of your uh Free agency on short bench leagues if you don't buy R. Yeah, very, very short bench leagues. And DJV in the chat, does he come back this week? I, I don't know. It sounds like they were like pretty optimistic. Don't know for sure. Uh, but if not, like he's only going to miss a week. But I will say if you're looking to trade for Connor and your deadline is this week, like you can wait it out. And if you see he's not going to play this week, like that can even lower the price even more for you if you are interested in, in acquiring him. Yeah, no, even if he doesn't come back this week, you've got, he's going to be back this season. He's going to be productive when he's back. Yep. Um, you know, moving on to my next guy, going with another running back who does not have the same metrics and efficiencies that James Conner has, and he's a guy I've hinted at already that I would be trading away. Oh, um, good, okay. I thought you were going to tell me to trade for Gus Edwards. I was no, I can't do that one. Uh, I love the Gus bus. Uh, the Ravens love the Gus bus at the five-yard line and in and about nowhere else. 
among qualified backs related trade for Lamar Jackson. Yes. <laughs> um, wow. Among qualified backs, he ranks 36th in the NFL in usage and ranks first in touchdowns. Very hard to do that. Uh, and he is a prime candidate for touchdown regression. And if you own him, he is the ultimate roster anchor because you have to start him every week because of the touchdown upside. But he's going to have some incredibly disappointing weeks on his upcoming schedule. I don't have to look to see who they play to know eventually the touchdowns won't be there. Well, I was playing against him this week, and I was checking the box score. And it's like, oh, great. Gus only has 14 yards. Oh, he has two touchdowns. <laughs> Like that's what we're getting right now. Well, and it's just a low upside through a committee at this point because the addition of Keaton Mitchell muddies it further. 60% of the snaps went to Justice Hill, who's a complete nothing Mm -hmm. in the fantasy box score. Uh, Gus Edwards was only in for 22% of the, or 22 total snaps in the game. Now he got a carrier touch on the majority of those, but he's a guy who, if you're looking at just scoring alone, is a top 10 fantasy. He's actually the fantasy RB1 over the last three weeks, uh, pulling that from Ian Hardens. And he's the RB7 in total right now. I don't expect those things to continue. Uh, Some names I would trade for, I would immediately trade Mike Evans straight up for Gus Edwards. I think that that's a pretty good win for you. Yeah. Uh, If you're a team that is looking to add depth, I had Tyler Algier and Jake Ferguson. I would even that because I think the touchdown equity is similar, but Tyler Algier is getting more touches and Jake Ferguson is turning into a weekly start at your tight end position. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would shoot for the moon when it comes to Gus Edwards because of the fantasy upside, because so many good teams are fantasy upside. Yes. Because of what you're going to tell whoever you're trading him to of the fantasy upside, which is he had three touchdowns in a game. How many running backs can do that? Yeah. Um, the only other note on this is the Ravens are outside the 20s, are second in the NFL in pass rate above expectation inside the 20s. They're dead last. I'm yeah, not which saying is, like which, which is part of why Lamar Jackson has a 3.6 touchdown percent right now, which yes. is the lowest since his rookie year when he started seven games. Yes. I do expect that to trend a little more towards the median as the season goes on, as uh, Zay Flowers gets more accommodated to their red zone looks. Uh, with all yeah, of that being said, they've also had game, like the Lions game was a laugher right away. The Seahawks yeah. game was a laugher right away. Maybe they'll continue because their defense looks awesome. But they've they've had some mega game scripts that have gone against the passing game in this last month or so. So DJV, yes, I would trade Joe Burrow and and get Lamar Jackson back. Yeah, Lamar. So. And the last thing, uh, Ravens get the Browns this week. So like today, you should you should trade Gus Edwards today. Yes, because that Browns game will probably be. Not a good Gus game, not a good Gus bus game, and it's going to be and le- unless he scores two touchdowns, you know. Which yeah, I mean, how can you predict that? Yes. So trade him as fast as you can. Okay, a guy I'm trading for as well, and this is uh, this is kind of a, a small step into the flames. Now he did finally have a good week this last week and look healthier, and that is Aaron Jones. It's been a a tough season for Aaron Jones this year. His offense sucks. He's been hurt. He missed a lot of time. And then when he came back, he did like the ultimate worst move uh, that you can have happen to you as a fantasy manager where he played and we thought he was going to like good to go. And then he barely played. He scored like two points. And then he just like, and then he missed the game, I think after that. And then he came back and then he came back again. 
for two weeks, and it was AJ Dillon out touching and out snapping him. So it was like, uh, like what's going on here? But I think we just saw last week. It's like, oh, he just needed to get fully healthy. The job is his. Like he is still an awesome player. Now the offense is going to hold him back. This isn't going to be full fledged Aaron Jones that we're used to. But he goes twenty for seventy three. He scores a touchdown, six targets. He plays almost sixty percent of the snaps. Like AJ Dillon is not good. I think this is his job. I still think he's like not quite a buy low right now, but I also don't think this is like the apex of of his value. I think his value is still going to increase as he's able to stack another good game or two on top of what he just did. Like, here's a question for you. Rest of season, Tony Pollard or Aaron Jones, who would you rather have? Uh, Aaron Jones, but... Tony Pollard is the RB6 rest of season on Fantasy Pros. Aaron Jones is the RB23. So, like, one of those guys to me is very overrated. The under one, the other one is very underrated right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, with Aaron Jones, like, hamstring injuries take a while to clear up. It's also pretty clear to me that he's the best player they have. Oh, yeah. For on sure. their team. And Tony Pollard has gotten all the work but been very bad. I pulled this. He's also just the- not getting like the kind of work that we want. A lot yes. of up the middle. Whereas like, you know, Aaron Jones, six targets. Like he he caught, we all remember like the downfield pass against the Bears where he actually hurt his hamstring on the play. It was like an 80 yard touchdown, like a like an over route over the middle. Like his offense not as good. His usage much better. Like caliber of player, I would say better than, than Tony Pollard and definitely more proven than Tony Pollard. Yeah, Aaron Jones as a starter is what we wanted Tony Pollard to be this year. Yeah, 100%. I mean, among qualified backs is from expected fantasy points. Uh, Tony Pollard is third out of 45 among Fortune's tackle rate, like on on the wrong side of that. He's terrible right now. Uh, And the only thing he's getting any help on is usage. He's got 126 touches without a touchdown. Uh, Mm -hmm. Aaron Jones is just far more explosive. And I would... Again, he was a top 12 RB for me going into the season. I think he still is on talent alone. It's a good offensive line. And Jordan Love's best option at doing well is Aaron Jones playing. Well, and like, you know, just kind of going off fantasy pros ranks, which is the consensus ranks from a lot of different places. Like, I think I should be able to go trade Tony Pollard for Aaron Jones and a guy like Rasheed Rice or like, yeah. Or trade, like, Rashad White for Aaron Jones. Rashad White is ranked higher than Aaron Jones rest of season. Or, like, Gus Edwards. Like, they are very close to each other where you could probably add a, a bit piece and, and get Aaron Jones. Like, Gus Edwards plus a little something. Like, you could trade Shuba Hubbard and then one of, like, like I don't, Shuba Hubbard and Rasheed Rice. Shuba Hubbard and Josh Downs. Like, I, I think you can put together packages kind of like that and get uh, a tried-and-true uh, top 15 type of guy back yeah no i definitely agree i would i would give up a lot for aaron jones i think he'll be a good championship piece as long as he doesn't get hurt again mm-hmm. all right your next guy uh my next guy and it's a little it's a little weak because there's a good chance this guy might be on waivers in some leagues but in any league he's not i would recommend picking him up now uh it is geno smith so geno smith right now ranks this is interesting uh dk metcalf is my only trade away on this whole show wow uh, so Gino right now is the quarterback 24, uh, which is not good. He has played with a patched offensive line that has led the Seattle Seahawks to run 
12 personnel at the sixth highest rate in the NFL, which I think with the acquisition of JSN, they pretty clearly didn't want to do that. Uh, so starting with that, I really like the idea that they're going to start spreading it out wide again with 11 personnel. Uh, this week, they play Washington, who's the 32nd ranked pass defense in the NFL, and traded away both their marquee pass rushers, so we could have ourselves a good Geno Smith game. Uh, among quarterbacks, anybody outside the top six right now, I think it, it's a pretty pretty big crapshoot on who's going to do well. And Geno Smith, among qualified uh, quarterbacks, has the second highest on-target throw percentage and the fifth most drops. Uh, so those are things that I expect not to continue as the season goes on, as they get better personnel usage. Um, and altogether, I think the Seahawks are going to continue to play well. And that the, once they can put more wide receivers on the field and Gino can spread the ball more, he'll be better off. And I also really like the gamble on his upside because if he starts playing well, he could be one of those smash spots for your championship run. In the championships, he goes Philly, who's the 25th-ranked pass defense in the NFL right now, Tennessee, who is the 27th pass-ranked defense, and then Pitt, who is the 22nd-ranked pass defense. You put all of those together, and I think you could have yourself somebody, especially if you're somebody like stream quarterbacks, you have your answer to it. Um, and with everybody going down in the NFL, you've had 10 rookies start. It's a consistent start where a lot of your league mates might not have that. I can't hate on it because of the quarterback landscape and because, like, if he's not on waivers and you're trading for him, you're giving like what what are you what are you trading for Gino? Like it's almost nothing. Yeah, I have some pretty cheap options. Uh Michael Thomas, I would trade for Gino Smith. No, yeah. no disrespect. Uh Cole Komet, uh tight end who I think is overperforming and will underperform once touchdowns aren't there. And then straight up, if somebody watched the Vikings game and wanted Joshua Dobbs off your roster, I would do Joshua Dobbs for Gino straight up. My my concern, and it was part of my concern with with Metcalf. Now I know I know they've played the Browns and the Ravens the last two weeks. I know they've had the O line issues all season, but like I just feel like I've also seen a lot of moments where I see Gino do something or like make a decision, and I'm like, that looked a lot like the guy we saw every year before last year, and that. That just makes me very nervous because we have a way larger sample size of that guy as opposed to to last year's guy. And, you know, taking the shot on Gino, pretty inconsequential. But, like, for DK Metcalf, that, that is a big reason why, for me, he's a trade away. You know, DK Metcalf is the wide receiver 43 right now, 10.2 points per game. He's had his bye week, so he's getting hurt a little bit by that. But, like, I, I think even if you went by points per game, he's only averaging 10.2 so, like, he'd be in the 30s. It, it, is, it has not been a fun ride uh, for TK Metcalf right now. Yeah, well, I wouldn't give the same argument I gave for Gino for TK. I think there's a pretty strong argument to be made that Tyler Lockett is actually just a better wide receiver altogether than mm -hmm. DK is. And a lot of hype has been given to DK. You know, he only has one uh, season in his career. He scored more than 14 points per game. And Tyler well, Lockett he's, has he's, five he, of those. He's only – his high this season in points is 14.2. So yeah. he, he, he's yet to have – like he's had, he's had some fine games like between 10 and 14 points, but he's yet to have a game where you're like, God, I am thrilled to have started. But, you know, like he, he's had a couple decent games, a couple pretty good games, and then like it's been pretty bleh. And like he's the wide receiver 43, a little higher than that in points per game. Uh, he's actually in an interesting spot just at looking at – 
total ranks right now. Like Drake London, Calvin Ridley, Chris Goblin, all guys who are right by him. I would take him over London. I would not take him over Ridley or Chris Goblin. The rest of the way, like, I don't know, man. He's the wide receiver 17 rest of season on Fantasy Pros. And that just, to me, seems way too high. Like, this isn't even a pro JSN thing. I just talked about how I kind of, you know, the, the target share and production was a little bit of fool's gold in the last game. But on the whole, it is right now a 24 to 21 to 18 percent target share split in this offense with Tyler Lockett being the 24, DK Metcalf being the 21, and JSN being the 18. Even if JSN stays around there, it's like if Gino's looking a little shakier than last year, and we also have um, more mouths to feed in this offense, like that to me is just a recipe for underachieving this wide receiver uh, 17 rest of season proclamation. Like last year, for reference, it was 27% DK Metcalf, 22% Tyler Lockett, and then other guys were like down around 11% and lower. So it was clearly a, a top two, and Gino was playing better than he has this season. Like, I don't know. I just mentioned Aaron Jones. I think I could trade DK Metcalf straight up for Aaron Jones right now, and I would take the Aaron Jones side of that. Like Lamar, like I like trading for elite quarterbacks for the same reason you're kind of targeting Gino, hoping for those explosive um, explosions in the playoffs. Like Lamar is obviously a lot safer bet to give you that. And yeah, that in, in a winner go home scenario, having a quarterback you feel great about. Now, obviously Lamar can have games where he has 10 points because Gus had three touchdowns, but like having a quarterback you feel good about who has a, a higher likelihood of that kind of upside is, very valuable in a win-or-go-home format, like the playoffs. Like, Tua plus Dalton Kincaid? Like, can, can I get DK and then throw in, like, an RB2 and get Tua and Dalton Kincaid and feel pretty good about tight end and quarterback all of a sudden? Like, I, I think there's a lot you can get uh, for DK Metcalf that I would rather have uh, based on his rank right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I would probably, like, DK Metcalf. Nico Collins and Zach Charbonnet was the next one I had written down. Yeah, I would do that as well. Uh, I I would be looking to get off DK Metcalf for all the reasons you said, um, especially as they continue to try to get Jason on the field more. There's just going to be a, a larger spread. The difference between Metcalf and Lockett is Lockett has that breakaway potential that we've seen his entire career. Uh, DK really isn't a guy who goes down yard and gets, like, a huge yak gain. Uh, despite his size and his athletic profile. Mm -hmm. Okay, we have two trades in the chat here, um, one of which is pretty difficult. We'll start with this one, though. Um, would you trade Calvin Ridley and Jake Ferguson for Mike Evans? He has Evan Ingram as his other tight end. Because of that fact, I would say yes, I'll take Mike Evans. I actually think Evan Ingram I would still rather have over Jake Ferguson, or it's at least like they're right next to each other probably if I were doing rest of season ranks. And I would rather have Mike Evans over Calvin Ridley rest of the way. Yeah, no, I agree with that too. I think Mike Evans is pretty good in that top 15 wide receiver conversation rest of mm -hmm. season, even with Baker. So I'm buying that one. I do think Ridley will even out a little bit more down the stretch, but still I'd rather take Evans, uh, yeah. the Evans side of that scenario. This one is pretty difficult. Cooper cup and Brees Hall for Stefan Diggs and Bijan. I think I'm going Diggs and Bijan. I feel I feel very unsure about this because, like, maybe Stafford is just back very soon. And or Wentz is that guy again. He, or, well, he's better than, you know, right. Like, anything, you know, 
competent is going to have Cooper Cup being wide receiver 12 at least. You know, like that's just going to be reality. But Brees Hall, like we we see the the ups and downs thanks to his offense all the time. Like I still think there's hope for Bijan. And I think with three of those guys being pretty uncertain because of their situations, I just want the Stefan Diggs part of that trade. Yeah, no, I agree pretty heavily. I would take Diggs and Bijan. You're hoping like for either A, uh, Arthur Smith gets fired. <laughs> not going to happen. Or B, not during the season. You come out of the bye week and Arthur Smith uh, finds Jesus and Bijan Robinson and starts using him more effectively. Uh, so I would definitely do the trade. Also, I think the Diggs upside is higher than Cup right now just with that quarterback situation. And Brees Hall is it's going to be hit, hit or miss with him rest of the season because of that shaky Jets team. Yeah. All right. We have one more in here. Just got added by Chandler. Um, and then we'll, I think we both have one guy left on our, on our list. Alton trade Keenan Allen and Travis Etienne and George Kittle for Amon Ross St. Brown, Austin Eckler and Dalton Kincaid. This one is very difficult. This also sounds like a uh, shout out Brian Clark. This sounds like a Brian Clark special where it's like, we swap half our rosters, so it's really hard to tell which side is actually actually has the advantage. It's like the kind of what I'm looking at right here. Yeah. Uh, at first blush, you know, I love Amon Ross St. Brown. I love Kincaid. I love like I, I like every player in this trade. A Kittle being my least the favorite, least. but like it's really hard to trade Travis Etienne right now. Really, like I, it's really tough for me to get there. And you're not you're getting Eckler back. It's not that big of a downgrade, but like ETN has been uh, like it, if if CMC is is Target, like ETN is Walmart. Like he he's just like slightly worse brand Christian McCaffrey right now. It's really hard to trade that guy. I'm taking the St. Brown Eckler Kincaid side. Uh, one, I think I'm Kincaid's- glad we could help you. Not at all, Chandler. I hope something that we're gonna say is helpful to your thought process. <laughs> I think Kincaid is shaping up to have one of those weak winner, winner scenarios among all tight ends. He's third in targets mm-hmm. over the last three weeks. Uh, in addition to that, he looks to be the clear-cut number two option in Buffalo, which is very profitable. Uh, it led a lot of us to rank Gabe Davis too high. Here's here's the thing, though. Like, you, you look – I don't know the rest of this guy's team, and you don't need to list it. It's, it's okay. But, like – you look, Keenan Allen, Travis Etienne, like those guys are pretty much good for 30 to 35 points combined every week right now. And so the weeks where you do get the George Kittle boom, you are going to win. And if he doesn't boom, like you, you might still be okay because you have two guys who are just awesome on a week-to-week basis. Like, And if you get the right Kittle week in the playoffs, which is what you got last year to help win our Dynasty League, like it, it, it'll win you your league, you know? Yeah, I think Kincaid is capable of that, and I think Eckler's back to full form, and it'll be a pretty one-to-one for Etienne. And then I have concerns about what Keenan Allen's going to see rest of season with Palmer. Reportedly, he might miss the rest of the year. Can Keenan Allen get on IR right now? Yes. Can Keenan Allen get 15 targets? Most likely, but can Keenan Allen keep up on that kind of workload at 31 years old with multiple injuries? I, 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 I'm just a little concerned. Uh, and looking at the rest of your team, I would try to be sneaky here and swap Pollard for ETN and see what they say. You also have James Conner and Kyron, so you have a pretty nasty wide receiver bunch. So if you're going to try and swap, I mean, if you can get it done now by doing that, obviously great. 
Um, what I will say is who who the Cowboys play this week? I don't. The Cowboys have a good matchup. Whoever they play this week, it's a good matchup. And they play the Giants. The only time uh, yeah, Pollard so, has scored a touchdown. So like year. you could have a good Tony Pollard week if you hold on for another week, if you can, depending on your deadline. Um, that I think you could probably sell Pollard for more than he's worth after this week. Yeah. Uh, he has Kittle and Dallas Goddard at tight end, so he. He, he also uh, has Debo and Kittle, and I don't think either of those guys go off the same week. Uh, if we're just trying to do like sheer roster uh, ceiling scenarios, uh, getting rid of either Debo or Kittle does benefit you in the long run. I I think um, I I would do basically whatever you have to do to hold on to ETN, even if that's like giving like giving up a four for three instead. Mm-hmm. I would try to hold on to ETN for dear life. Now, obviously, the guy you're trading with or, or the girl you're trading with is trying, like hell, to get Travis ETN. So, of course, it's not that easy. But that that would be how I would approach that. Um, try a four for three. If you can hold, hold. I personally will take the ETN side. I, I can't fault the other side, though. I think it's a pretty even deal both ways. All right, Dalton, our last two guys. Uh, I will start us off. Um, Mine is not as glamorous as it was going to be with James Conner being my last guy. But I'm going with Jalen Warren as as a trade for, like, bless all of our hearts. We all watched that whole Titans-Steelers game the other night. And, boy, if if Jalen Warren just doesn't look good every time he gets the ball. Man. Like, he's a small guy, so, you you like, if you don't watch him, you might think, oh, he's like a Keaton Mitchell or a Jaleel McLaughlin or like one of those guys who they just need the explosive plays. They they can't like they, they can't get done between the tackles. Like this guy makes you miss in small spaces between the tackles. He runs you over between the tackles. Like he he is but which you know may not be good for the longevity of his career. Well we'll see about that. But like I just I love this guy as a player so much. And right now it like, I don't even think he's like necessarily priced too low. He's like in the low thirties rest of season. He's only one spot or two spots behind Najee Harris. Uh, despite the fact that it's like a 60, 40 snap split. So that tells you uh, which player is being more efficient with their touches. Like it's a 60, 40 split and Najee is scoring the touchdowns. And yet Warren is still right there with him. Um, like this guy is good. And I just think he's the perfect RB three to have on your team as you're heading into the playoffs. Like you can start him in a pinch at RB two. He can be in consideration for your flex spot every week, depending on what you need um, just from an upside standpoint or safety standpoint and what, um, what your injury situation is like. And, and then like, if anything were to ever happen to Najee, this is a top 15 running back rest of season. So like, I, I just like going out, and buying this guy for a James Cook, for a Cortland Sutton, like I, I don't know, like and I, just like more long term, but just to give you an idea of kind of like what I think of the player, and I've seen like this is not an original idea, but I saw it and I kind of agree with it. If this plays out the same way as the Chargers, this could be like the Melvin Gordon Austin Eckler thing, where if Najee leaves and this is Warren's game in the near future, like. He could be a, a RB1 type of guy. He's got that kind of talent. Yeah, removing Matt Canada would significantly help. It would help a lot. Coaching. It would help a lot. Uh, no, I'll say this is like last year, Tony Pollard, where Tony Pollard went on to win leagues um, because his explosiveness garnered him uh, enough fantasy value on on poor touch quality. 
from uh, yeah, I mean, Warren got tackled on the one yard line last week. Yeah, from fantasy points, uh, they have an explosive rating among running backs. First is obviously Brees Hall. Down on the list at fifth is Jalen Warren. So he's super explosive. If you watched the game last night, you know that he's a really good player. And my favorite website, PFF, had him as the number one grade running back last week. That's a good website for some people. Uh, but, yeah, I'm all in, especially like those guys you mentioned. I would trade James Cook, who's losing touches every week, and yep. Portland Sutton, who is meh and surviving on touchdown equity in that offense. Mm-hmm. But both guys more productive than Jalen Warren right now. But, yeah, I, I, I – like, he is he is just such an ideal RB3. Like, that, like yeah. he, he's a scat back. He catches multiple passes of games. Like, he has that nice floor – but there is a ceiling there if the situation breaks a certain way, whether it's injury or if he just starts getting more touches, which, like, not if he's playing well enough that I don't think he's going to, like, take over. But if it even gets closer to a 50-50, if he gets a couple more red zone looks here and there, like, th- there's ways where it can be even more valuable. Or maybe he just, like, finishes off more explosive plays, like you said, because he literally, like, got tackled on the one-yard line last week. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. Uh, going to a previous my guy and to bang the drum for him yet again, in spite of everything suggesting I shouldn't, I would go out there and trade for Rashad Bateman. Uh, oh, we, wow. Okay. Explain this one to me. I okay. hope everybody in our dynasty league is listening to, because I have been trying to trade Bateman. Not that I've given up on him, but I've given up on him for this year until recently, until recently, but I've mostly given up on him for this year and nobody wants him for anything. So, uh, first of all, season high five targets. So, yep. bang, baby. No, uh, I think this might have been the case of him being injured. Since week two, he's played a higher ta- or target, or sorry, higher snap share every week. Among the receiving core in Baltimore, it goes Odell Beckham Jr. with the highest targets per route run, then Rashad Bateman with .28 targets per route run. He has been one of the higher targeted options for Lamar Jackson. The problem is he hasn't been seeing the field. The Ravens still have not uh, had the opportunity to have their bye week to put him out there more. Their passing, their password over expectation has increased up until the last two weeks. Um, that's because they blew out the lines in the Seahawks. And then before the game was a blowout last week, the snap share weren't flowers with 81%. And then Rashad Bateman was 65% going into the third quarter or the fourth yeah, quarter. Yeah, and and th- this, you can pretty easily tell me the story, and I would believe it, of it was Odell's birthday. Let's get him his first touchdown. He was a little yes. bit pissed off about his role like a week or two ago. Yes, so <laughs> I'm trading uh, Rashad Bateman. The names I wrote down, I'd give up. Uh, Josh Downs with the lingered knee injury a little worries me. He's a player who's popped recently. I would give really? up. Really? I, I, I would still hold Downs over Bateman. And then I had Romeo Dobbs. Uh, no fan of the Packers offense, but Dobbs mm-hmm. is getting it done. I would trade him. And then, uh, just like you mentioned earlier, I'd also trade Cortland Sutton because I think there is this is still a wide receiver one draft pedigree, a guy who's really good at Minnesota when we saw him coming out of college and who hasn't been able to put it all together on the field. But if the Ravens continue to pass and he becomes the sole wide receiver two on this offense, fully surpassing Odell, which for Odell's age, he could just get aged out of this lineup. I am buying him. And I am praying that he finally hits. <laughs> well, I think maybe part of this for me is I just I, I feel very burned by by Bateman, both from a podcast prediction standpoint and a uh, on my dynasty team standpoint. So maybe a little emotional with this. Um, Long term, I still have faith, 
and my faith has been growing a little bit. As you mentioned, the snaps are going up, the targets are going up. And, and like, if you just just do a Twitter search for Rashad Bateman, watch some of his routes, watch some of the plays that, that he's been making lately. Like, nothing in the box score jumps out, but he, to me, looks a lot more explosive just coming out of his breaks, that, that kind of, like, getting separation than he did earlier this season. Like, I, I thought he looked pretty poor earlier this season. And I'm I, I'm thinking injury, obviously, because he's looking better now, probably had a lot to do with that. It's just, like, I just – it's it's tough for me to sell a guy like Cortland Sutton, who, even though, like you said, carried by touchdown equity, he has been the clear number one on his offense. Now, is it a bad offense? Yes. But, like, I think Bateman, at best, like in a in a, in a non a hundred percent case scenario, let, let's just say like a ninetieth percentile outcome for Rashad Bateman the rest of the way is being the wide receiver two and pass catcher number three in this yes. offense. So so that is still what's holding him back, and that is still what's holding me back. It would take either an injury or like Bateman to just like click like that, and it's like oh Bateman is like all of a sudden looking like the guy that we saw. In, in spurts when he was healthy, which like it's possible. So it's not like a crazy by low, but like I, I'm a little nervous about trading guys who have produced for me this year. Um, because you, you may need Colin Sutton. If you need a starter, it's really hard to try. Like, I think Bateman could maybe be a stopgap option. He could play his way into that, but I don't know about playing his way into an every week starter type of guy. I think he has end of season top third wide receiver from like this week onwards. Uh, once they get into some games where they throw the ball more, I think we'll see more of them. Uh, I wanted to say thanks, Chandler, for the like and the sub. Yes. We do have a few more trades. If we want to jump into those, then we'll give our last guys. Uh, that was my last guy, John Warren. You give your last guy, um, and then – or did you just give your last – No, I have one more. You have one more, okay. Yeah. I mean, this one can be quick, short, and sweet. Uh, I would trade Raheem Mostert while I still can. Uh, Devin A-Chain comes back after their bye week. Uh, Raheem Mostert. In three quarters last week, scored four fantasy points. And then when the Chiefs started playing uh, deep coverages in the fourth quarter, he had back-to-back runs. And other than that, he is a touchdown away from having a zero week. Yeah. I don't think the Dolphins offense is getting worse. I do think Raheem Mostert is older. I well, think- if you if you look at the splits, I, I'm going to go find who tweeted this out. Um, this is a little bit an- anti-my Jalen Wall argument. I think it was Heath Cummings from CBS. I saw splits um, basically when the Dolphins play good teams and when they play bad teams. Their numbers all look better and worse in those maps. But, like, most of it is night and day. Let me find that and you keep going. Yeah. Uh, well, and when you put A-Chain back into this offense, there's just going to be touches that Mostert's losing out on, and he's already not getting a high volume of touches. I don't think the Dolphins are going to increase their running game when their pass game is so efficient. So you're going to fall back into this, like, 50-50 split where Mostert's getting eight carries a game and two targets, and you're really praying for him to break one open or you're praying for a multi-touchdown game. Mm-hmm. And I think that as the Dolphins progress on the season, they continue to play good teams. Their pass game is what's going to carry them and not their rush game. And they had another tackle go down against the Chiefs. Yeah. If this trend continues, I don't know how often they're going to be able to run jet sweeps and orbit motions where their tackle swings out wide and blocks a wide receiver. So I don't know if this is full PPR, half point, half PPR, whatever, but Raheem Mostert versus winning teams, 8.7 points per game versus everyone else, 24.1 fantasy points per game. 
Whereas like Tyreek Hill goes from 29 points per game, which this must be PPR for, for that to be 29 <laughs> points per game, to 16. Waddle goes from 16 to 10. Like he, so, and, and Tua goes from 27 to 14. So his is pretty substantial. But like that's almost triple what Mostert go, goes, uh, his difference is. And I've mentioned their, their schedule is not great in the playoffs. Yeah, they hit Tennessee week 14, good run defense. Jets, Dallas, Ravens. So they play some of the best defenses. Uh, the Dolphins as a whole could be a fantasy letdown and end up being an LVP for the second half of the season with those kind of splits and the reliability we have for those players. But still go by Jalen Waddle. He's not that expensive. Yeah. <laughs> All, All right. right. Um, uh, let's see. In the chat, we will catch up on what is in here, and then we're going to head out of here. First one, Chaka. Would you I love trade... Journey to the Center of the Earth with Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> would you trade – Mark Andrews, Alan Kamara, and Chris Olave for AJ Brown and George Kittle. His other running backs are Brees Hall, Javante Williams, Devon Chan, Kyron, uh, and Hindo, so Daryl Henderson, and Moss, assuming Zach Moss. So giving up Kamara. Yeah, you're definitely fine at running back. Big time up. Yeah, I'm 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 doing this for AJ Brown. Yeah, I'm taking it almost solely on AJ Brown. And looking at the depth you have on the team, uh, you can start George Kittle weekly and wait for those 30-point boom games that he will have throughout the season, like I haven't mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm doing that. Uh, it's a hard to give up some of those players, but also getting off the Saints is never a bad thing because I think their offense is a little lackluster compared to the Eagles and AJ Brown, who is, I thought he was some people's MVP vote through halfway through the season. So he's definitely in on that. He, he's been so awesome. Uh, yeah. I know. Johnny's favorite player. All right, uh, Jameer Gibbs for Brandon Ayuk in full PPR scoring. I think we have to say Ayuk because we just had him in our top 24 last week, and what's really changed. And uh, Montgomery is coming back. I think that is going to push both of those guys down into, like, the, the mid to late RB2, like, probably mid RB2. Very useful, very good, but, like, unless – Montgomery goes down again. I'm not like I think we're gonna have people who are mad at Jameer Gibbs again for a little bit. Yeah, both players are also also coming out post by, so yeah. you don't have to worry about that with either of them. Um, but Brandon Ayuk, uh, he's just developed into a full blood wide receiver one, and I would do that straight up. Jameer Gibbs is just going to continue to have a disappointing week here and there, where you watch David Montgomery plow for two touchdowns and get 28 carries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will say like Gibbs. It, it's just so tempting because of how good he like. You want to buy because he looked so good, but he's like that work. That's just not going to be the workload. Like we, we we just can't can't overreact to that workload because Montgomery is back now. Okay, last one, Javier Delgado. Let me look because this is kind of a a long message. The first one, he's four and five. Got an offer. Laporta and Eckler is him for Justin Jefferson and Komet. Um, but then he canceled the other guy canceled that offer and has now offered him Justin Jefferson and Pitts or Romeo Dubs for Laporta and Eckler. So basically, do you want Justin Jefferson and Kyle Pitts for Laporta and Eckler? Because I'm not sure Dubs really like moves the knee. He's just the kind of a throw in for me in that yeah. eight eight man team, by the way. Um so the roster is loaded. Depth is not an issue in this league. I would probably keep 
Eckler and Laporta, um, mostly because we don't know when Jefferson will be back. And if you're bordering on the playoffs, he's four and five. Yeah, you need the continued production. The Lions have had their bye. So you have a, I mean, a weekly start at tight end in Laporta. Uh, that 21 day window, you still have a while. It is also a hamstring injury for Justin Jefferson. And like we talked about Jones earlier, it's it, sometimes those things linger. And going back to my Hollywood Brown stats, despite how cool the Dobbs story has been, he does have the fourth highest off throw percentage in the NFL. So there's still some downside despite all of that. And Laporta and Eckler are just very solid top five weekly options that you, you don't have to worry about. Uh, and you need the playoff run, so I would keep those two. Well, and especially, you know, looking at his team, depth overall not an issue, but, like, Bijan, you know, kind of we, we've talked about that a lot already. That, that's been up Is and he? down. But then the rest of his running back room, if he loses Eckler, you know, Brian Robinson, do you feel like wonderful about starting him with how things have gone? Like you're fine doing it, but in an eight team league, you know, you can definitely do better at RB2. James Connor, like if he's back this week, great, but we don't know that for sure. Um, and then Kyron Williams, who like, like he's not going to be like he, I think he's week 12, so you still got mm-hmm. a couple more weeks. Uh, yeah, they're by this week, so he's not playing this week at all. And and they, but then I think it's another like he I think week twelve. Yeah, he has is one like, more week until his IR window or his uh, practice window opens. And then like that's just practice window. It could be week three. So like you could be needing wins, waiting for both Kyron and Justin Jefferson making this deal. Like I agree with you. I, I think because of where you're at, I think the Laporta Eckler side is where you need to go in a vacuum. I think this deal. Like if I were. A, a winning team, like a seven and two right now, I would take that Jefferson side Me too. And because that that's like the, the higher upside league winning type type of type of trade on that side. But just given the situation, I, I think you've got to gotta stick with what you got right now. Yeah. Well, another thing with Jefferson is even once you get him back, you also still have the Vikings bye week impending. Uh, so it's just you're stacking games. You don't have your best player. Uh, and still trying to make a push for your playoff wins. Also, like, do you really want to be making a playoff push and starting Bijan and Kyle Pitts? Like, do you really want to let Arthur Smith run your life that much? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that is that is therapy one one right there. That's a toxic relationship you're entering. <laughs> all right, thank you guys so much for all the questions. Thank you for jumping in and listening live as well. And thank you to everybody is going to listen to this podcast we appreciate you all so much as well who tune in in the podcast feed that is going to do it for episode 125 of the half point per podcast give us a follow twitter instagram and tiktok at half point per pod subscribe to the youtube hit the little bell so you know when we're going live you can jump in and ask questions we will get to them every question as always every week every week like we did today Thank you all so much for listening. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you find your podcast typically. And we'll be back again next week.